welcome to Fur What It's Worth, an introduction to and exploration of the furry fandom. Who took the strawberry shortcut last night? Not those two fools Rue and Tugs. They can't afford the real strawberry shortcake. I will be truly impressed if anyone out there gets that gag beyond maybe five people. Like, just the first five people who get it, you, you were in already. I like strawberry shortcake. I actually went and made strawberry shortcut once. It's really hard to... It was at the time... I don't know what it is with 7-Up, but it was really hard to find Cherry 7-Up at the time, and you can never find it in a can. But that's neither here nor there. Welcome to For What It's Worth, Season 4, Episode 19, Utah Life Ella's something. We're going to be talking about Mormons and Utah culture. Dumb Mormons. Dumb Mormons. Yay! You know what I went and looked for? I went and looked for that South Park clip about where everyone's in hell and they're like, the Mormons were right. And I couldn't find it. Really? Yes, but I thought that was one of the greatest laughs I've ever had. You should be able to find it. I know. I know. Anyway, so yeah, so we normally do furry topics and we are kind of shifting away from that just for this one episode. You know, get a little change of scenery, look around the room a bit, stretch our legs before the end of the season. Uh, so we'll be talking about Mormons, and we'll introduce our guests shortly. But first, Rue, what have you been up to? I have been up to lots of things. Wee! Okay, so some of the things I've been up to is I have been playing Hearthstone, or Hearthstone. Oh, God, why? Because! That's that WoW thing, right? Yeah, it's like a card game. I can play it on my phone. It's fun. I'd like to tell you about Final Fantasy Record Keeper. Uh, that's the only thing that Tugs is all about. Is no, Final no, Final no. Fantasy. Okay, here's the truth. I've I have played Final Fantasy Nine halfway. I played Final Fantasy Ten halfway, and then I played a lot of fourteen. But I don't actually go out and play those all the time. But Record Keeper is just a good phone game. If you're looking for a good phone game, anyway, sorry. Well, you know, games that I always play. What do I always play? What? I mean, yeah, totally. <laughs> I always play Binding of Isaac. Woo! But guess what, Tugs? I wanted to give you some information. Uh, I'm no longer playing Binding of Isaac. You're playing the new Binding of Isaac. I'm playing Binding of Isaac on the on now now available on the 3DS. I'm so disappointed Nintendo let that happen. They were so against it for so long, and then Iwata died. By the way, bless his heart. Bless his uh, heart. And then moment, they let it on. Moment of silence. Okay. No, no, wait, let's give him a clap. One, two, three. Wait, that needs like a hallelujah or something. Uh, no, I'm not going to hallelujah. He's dead. Continuing. <laughs> oh, and then I have been playing a new game that's not so new, Terraria. So Terraria is awesome. I think you talked about this. Yeah, I did a little bit. But what I haven't um, told about is I'm going to be um, starting to gather some people to play terraria so if you want to play terraria you're more than welcome to reach out to me at ruitforwhatsworth.com perfect that's all what you've been up to oh wow you had three things i guess you kind of did uh, oh wow gotcha gotcha that's that, not wow buddy <laughs> yeah that's why i said <laughs> i know i know yep. all right what have i been up to you know i actually had stuff i was going to put on here when i was doing my shower thinking and because we all know i do my thinking in the shower but yep uh, i forgot all the good stuff with soggy cookies Ew. Mm. <laughs> There's a lot of jokes there. I'm going to leave untouched. Uh, I went to Vegas. I lit the Cosmopolitan on fire just a little bit. That's awesome. Actually, did, you, did you go to the Pinball Hall of Fame? I did not. <gasps> I drove by it I, because I had I had some uh, last minute emergency stuff come up while I was down there. So I was having to run around and do things remotely. Thank you, the internet and 2015. Um, it, I can move things around in Salt Lake without actually physically being in Salt Lake, which is a huge thing. You know, think about that. You couldn't do that 10 years ago. So I had to take care of that and it took up my pinball time. Um, and I didn't really light the Cosmo on fire, but I did see the smoke cloud from where I was staying. 
and stuff. We were hanging out. And so, uh, yeah, there was a big old smoke cloud. And, yeah, it was kind of crazy. Um, Windows 10 I'm is I'm glad out. that you're safe. Yes. We didn't, didn't actually have plans of going there, but I'm glad we missed it. And the last thing I've been up to is uh, I need to go download the new Smash content because I like that they finally put original Smash Brothers in. And you got your King K. Rool stuff. Ah, that's dumb, though. Uh, I want real King K. Rool, not some sort of, like, dorky costume. Well, like, he got some love. He's only half-baked. It's Rue's cookie time. Okay, so for today's cookie... <laughs> you have a thumb. You have a thumb cookie. And today's fortune is... Perhaps you've been focusing too much on yourself. In bed with the cookie. Oh my lord. <laughs> oh my lord. Alright, let's go and talk about the lord. Welcome back. Yay. What? Welcome back. Uh, you're so weird. Anyways, we have a special guest today. We found a Mormon. Hmm. <laughs> it wasn't too hard to find. We could have just gone outside. We shouted. offered him postum. <laughs> do you, you actually don't... drink postum? Um, no. No, no, no. Do you do Pero? No, haven't done Pero. You know, in uh, I don't even know what those are. I feel like out of the loop. Go those ahead. are those are uh, like a, um, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's like a barley thing or a malt. I know one of them is like a malt, uh, like a toasted malt. Anyway, it has the burned essence of uh, of something, and it's dark and it's hot if you want it to be, and it tastes burned. So. So, just so <laughs> that our burn. audience knows, who are you? My name is Alex Keery. I'm uh, a local radio personality here in the market, and uh, I am also a member of the LDS Church. You've had you on before. We had you at the beginning of the mm-hmm. season, which yeah. is convenient because now this is the last regular episode of the oh, season. Oh, it is. Well, that's yeah. kind of nice. A little bookend there for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for yes, thank on. you for coming back. I was going to ask you guys about your neighborhood down here because uh, Salt Lake itself is not necessarily the well, it's not at all the uh doesn't have as many lds people so uh, percentage wise compared to the rest of the state obviously i actually have those statistics I have, okay I have, i'm gonna sit on them for later because we have lots of questions that's fine because but but, but yeah. i mean i know demographically like there's just a lot fewer lds people per you know household here than there are compared to utah county for example or oh. even just like draper or sandy here oh, yeah. in salt lake county and same thing in my neighborhood so, like, all my surrounding neighbors aren't really LDS. I'm, I'm the, uh, more the exception than I am the rule in my neighborhood. So Yeah, I think we have one family on the street. Hmm. So, were you born in the church, or are you uh, a convert? Uh, yeah, so I was born, my parents were both members when I was, uh, when I was born, and uh, I was born in Texas. And uh, my dad is a convert. He, he converted in, in college when he was in his middle 20s, or early 20s, I guess, and... Uh, my mom is like pioneer ancestry type. So we have like both ends. Dad is a convert to the church. No one on my dad's side of the family are members of the church. And then uh, my mom's side is, you know, I've got, I've got pioneer blood that came to the, 
came to the valley here in the in the late 1840s. It's a question people always ask, though, and it's 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 an interesting one. Why why do people ask that? Like, are you um, a convert or not? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, motivations probably are different depending on the person. Sometimes they want to know, like, were you born into it, so you feel like you, you know, you've you've always lived it and you've never like maybe branched out or something compared to other people who might have gone through the struggle of actually having to go through conversion themselves and dealing with family members who might have been opposed to that. And um, yeah, I don't know why the question, I mean, I think it's just curiosity. I'm always, I always, um, I enjoy people asking questions about, you know, my faith. So I, I, and I've heard them all, I feel like, so I'm, I'm comfortable with all of them. So. Sweet. Actually, you know, we we just for the sake of the lawyers and because it's how it's always been done. He's not representing anyone official. Everyone, this is just that's true. One man yes. off the street speaking his point. Well, you know, and, and I so. can't. Uh, and I mean, I I can't speak for the church because I frankly don't know everything. I mean, you're I, not old enough. First of all, <laughs> not old enough. <laughs> but I don't have. But I don't have the. Uh, you know, I don't. Uh, I'm not a representative at all. Yeah. You know, so. I so mean, I, it's it pretty, assault, right? pretty straightforward. Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of the stuff that I'll have is is relatively accurate. Because <laughs> well, yeah. I'm, I'm a lifetime member, and I still go to church and everything, and I uh, I'm pretty involved with my lo- my local congregation. So, yeah. Cool. So first of all, give us a thirty second. 30. I mean, sorry, sixty second. 60. I'll give you. I'll double your time. I'll probably I'll probably do ninety <laughs> to be honest. I'm in radio, so. All right. Well, give us a ninety second crash course on what mormonism is all about all about well okay that's tough that's actually you can't do that in even 90 seconds i feel like well um it's a relatively contemporary religion with uh what we feel like are very um very ancient roots also and uh, it is a religion that was uh, started here in uh, 19th century uh, northeastern united states and Uh, ended up moving and finding its place over here. Uh, Its founder, Joseph Smith, uh, lived in New York and at a time when basically religion was pretty intense, (laughs) to say the least, in the East, because, you know, they were less than 100 years removed, about 50 years removed from the revolution. And one of the motivating factors of people moving over to the United States, aside from actual, uh, you know, monetary bondage that they felt like they were under um but there were also religious uh, freedoms that were not necessarily enjoyed in in the old country and so they came and they and they found a different place and they found different religions and there were a lot and uh joseph smith didn't feel like any of them really offered uh what he was looking for and uh uh, it was inspired by angelic visits and also by new modern scripture and um, and if you look at, I, I guess I, I keep going back to this, we believe part because we have all this, we, in the, in the LDS church, there are principles that we call articles of faith that are written in the back of, of some of the, uh, the old scriptures that, uh, that it's basically, there, there are a set of 13 articles of faith that say, we believe dot, dot, dot. And, um, the church's name is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in full. So people will say Mormon, they say LDS Church. Um, but the church is heavily rooted in what, fe- what we feel like is uh, uh, very Christian roots. I mean, the very first article of faith is, we believe in God, the Eternal Father, and in His Son, Jesus Christ, and in the Holy Ghost. Word for word, very impressed. 
Well, it's only the first one. <laughs> Don't ask me 11 or 13. So anyway, but yeah, those are, I mean, those, and we believe in the very, you know, the tenets of, of trying to, to get better, you know, and uh, when we mess up, we try to write that. And the only way for us to be able to uh, return to any kind of glory we feel like is through Jesus Christ. Not Joseph Smith, as some people <laughs> feel like. I mean, we Joseph Smith is highly revered in the religion, but has never been a, a god or a figurehead that has been anything more than a prophet. You know, I have to, I, I've always wondered this myself because I mean, I, I'm being here, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I've heard the story, and I just wonder: Do you think there was a deliberate choice in choosing a guy with the name Joseph Smith? Because that's such a common name. Is it, is it like a metaphor for? You know, any man can find spiritual enlightenment. Do you think there's there's a possibility of that in there? Um, you know, I've never thought about it that way, but I think that, you know, it certainly doesn't hurt uh, that his name wasn't like, you know, something very difficult to pronounce. Or... It's like a Washington or something, you know? Like, it, <laughs> That's true. Those are distinguished historical names. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's almost like that, that, uh, that John Doe type name, I guess. But, yeah. you know, I, I never really thought about it metaphorically. I think that, uh, you know, him being one of numerous children of the Smith family. Um, you know, you start throwing names out there. It's a very Christian name, you know? I mean, as you tend to find in in uh, in English Bay, or or like, you know, in the Anglo kind of world, you have a lot of those, those Christian-based names. And so uh, I don't think there's any connection other than, you know, this, I mean, my name's very different. Yeah, you don't have very many Alex Kearys that are that are in the world, but I happen to be find myself pretty Mormon. So we had our viewers send in emails about. Are we filming this? Yeah, I'm like viewers. Who's watching? Every I have I have TV. I have TV friends. I have TV friends. They work in TV all week, and then they come on the radio show, and then they're always like, you know, your viewers will probably appreciate this. I was like, we have no viewers. (laughs) You know, luckily we have no viewers. Complete aside to Ruth's introduction that we've just derailed, but you always pick the good looking in my mind ones i don't know why like i don't know what they look like because i don't watch i actually that's so my... you feel like they're good looking but you don't know if they you are know, or not you, know, you listen to people on the radio and you go, oh they must sound they, they must look good yeah they you know what voice. you do i mean that's a it's like finding faces in you know a, a rock or something we yeah. do that with our brains too we we tend to listen to and prefer especially if it's somebody who's saying something pleasant or you know not something that's super disagreeable if it's an opinion that you don't like you're probably like that person's way ugly you know like <laughs> there really is our brain fills that in like psychologically we have some sort of like yeah. weird thing where we'll do that and people will ask me all the time what does so and so look like or they'll say or the, or you're they almost pictures. no 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 they certainly are they can go and look up any of these people but they go and they'll and they'll say so and so is super hot right and I'll go absolutely <laughs> just so I can, just so I won't ruin it all. Like even, I mean, half the time it's you know these middle-aged women who are you know some of them are grandmothers, and you're like, yeah, she's yeah, absolutely, she's super hot. Keep whatever in your brain, <laughs> the picture that is for, that you see for them, and uh, and it'll make it a lot easier for you to listen. Because yeah. then you, I've had people come up to me at things and they go, this lady goes, you don't look anything like uh, I thought you would, but that's okay. <laughs> she goes, but that's okay. <laughs> Do you that. know that there's been people that have came up to me and asked me what you look like? Yeah, did you say ugly? No, I, I told them that you look like Fester from the Adams Family. <laughs> I'm just oh, kidding. I'm just kidding. Sick. I'm just kidding. I love you. You guys. <laughs> I'm always I'm always just people the, the number one joke is face for radio, face for radio. All people always say that. But anyway. Right here we hear all people people come up and be like, You actually you guys are very self deprecating. I think you're very handsome, you know, like to me and the other hosts. It's in your it's on your Thursday intro even. 
you make fun of yourselves in your thirties. Yeah, we have to. I mean, in the end, I'm certainly not a TV guy. You know, I'm. Although I've done a lot of TV, but ironically, because I had a professor who actually told me, "You do not. You know, you're not going to make it as a TV guy. You just don't have the look for it." And I was like, "Thanks." And then, ironically, later, all the people in the broadcast program from BYU that I graduated with, not a one of them is on TV. I feel, I feel like, except for me, sometimes. <laughs> All right, so we derailed so, your intro. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. So we have an email from Leo, not the lion. Mm. And <laughs> so, yeah, which is so, actually pertinent to this program. I mean, like, yes. you yeah. you actually have to distinguish that. <laughs> we do. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. All right, so here's what he said uh, Good morning, good evening, and good night, you lovely Kester, for what it's worth. It's that artsy tiger Leo again chiming in. Now, this is an interesting topic. Uh, on how Mormons rule Utah with that Joseph Smith guy leading the helm. I'm just going to lead off very few questions and I have to give my two cents. First question, and we'll pause after each one. What's the difference between your guys' religion and Christianity? Uh, that's a very common question. And, and like I said, our very first thing that, that, that any LDS person will tell you is that we believe in God and Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost. That's the very first thing that, that people should know about the religion. And so... When people say, "What's it?" I mean, so you're you're Mormon, you're not Christian, right? And when people say, like for example, Joseph Smith at the helm, not one person that you would ask would ever say that because they don't feel like that. Joseph Smith has been dead since 1844, and there have been 15 other prophets on the earth, or 14 other prophets on the earth since then. And each one of those prophets, we believe, is only guided under the direction of Jesus Christ. That's that's the only. And so in terms of, and we believe you can only be saved through Jesus Christ. We believe you can only be, uh, that, that you can only repent through Jesus Christ. And so we believe that we're Christians. So high five across the, <laughs> the spectrum of Christianity. And it is a spectrum. It really is. I mean, there are, you know, I, I remember, I didn't have a lot of Catholic friends growing up because I grew up in the South. And, and uh, so we had a lot of Baptist friends. And uh, I was surprised how little they would talk about. I mean, no, in the South, Baptist friends do. They talk about Jesus Christ a lot. Uh, but our church in uh, Grapevine, Texas, right across the street, was the only Catholic church in town. Oh. And uh, really for miles, you know, for probably two or three towns over. And it was a huge, huge parish. And um, I would see Catholic folks going to church. And I never understood, uh, you know, it's just like when you watch a religion from the outside and you don't have all the answers. I didn't, I didn't get the, the figure, the figures of the Catholic Church. I didn't, I didn't really get. It. I knew God was important. Um, I didn't understand Mary's role. Uh, I didn't understand Christ's role in that. And uh, I think a lot of people can confuse. I think the way that a lot of people confuse Mary in the Catholic Church. People will confuse Joseph Smith also, although Mary is prayed to, um, and uh, although a lot of people are prayed to, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I never. If you think about it from that perspective, you can get caught up in, oh, that religion does this. I mean, somebody could say, well, Catholics aren't Christian because they don't, they, they, they more worship Mary, and that's not really true. But um, you know, you could see how that could be mistooken. I guess, mistaken. Next question. Why is multiple wives uh, a stereotype, or is it a big joke and there's no real truth to it? Well, there's absolute truth to it. I mean, uh, I, I, there's, uh, there's a polygamous background in, in my family. Uh, like, I've, like I said, my mom is in this 
um, she has this pioneer heritage, this blood, you know. Uh, in, in, in the early parts of the church, uh, polygamy was practiced where men would have multiple wives, and, um, and with that they had armies of children, too. And the church felt like it was necessary at that time to build the kingdom up that way, and they felt like it was a, a principle that needed to be lived then. The, com- the common misconception is, is that Mormons have multiple wives now, and that uh, the practice of polygamy was officially ended in, ni- in 1890, so in the late, eight, late 19th century. And um, the stereotype is just an easy, an easy one to go after now. And on top of that, you have people mixing up um, mainstream Mormonism with fundamentalist Mormonism, which is the FLDS Church, which uh, still practice polygamy uh, illegally in communities, mostly in southern Utah, but you have factions kind of across the board. I didn't know they had one in Canada. Oh, yeah, they have a big one in Canada. Yeah, I didn't know yeah they've had some in Mexico before. They've had, uh, you know, they've tried to find refuge in places where they feel like they could uh, find it. There are, there are, uh, <laughs> I, I used to live in Draper, and I mean, you can find uh, little little spots around Utah where you'll have fundamentalist Mormonism, which is a totally different religion from, and they have a different relationship with um, with uh, with the Book of Mormon, with with the Bible, with scriptures overall. And um, people who are members of the FLDS Church are not members of the LDS Church, and vice versa. So yeah, people people get it people get it confused still because they say. Look, I mean, still, if you watch a show and somebody mentions Mormonism, um, how many wives do you have? You have to wait. You have to, yeah, just make a make a three beat, three count beat usually, <laughs> and then that joke follows up, and then you kind of go. And I'm not offended by it because, you know, it was it, it was it's one of those things that has defined. Um, oh, I wouldn't say defined. It's defined for other people. I think what the religion has been, but uh, you have a lot of folks who will. Who will look at that? And it's just an easy one to go after because it's it's the same thing. You find the one thing about a religion that you think you know, and then you attach to it. And a lot of times, polygamy is a thing that people go after because it's relatively fascinating. <laughs> I mean, it's it's amazing to think of people having multiple wives. It's uh, I currently have one, so. <laughs> I don't think you want any more than that. <laughs> Just kidding. I've got four. I've got four, I've got four kids. I could. I can barely afford one wife and four kids. So. So, do we have more of the email? Yes. So, what laws are passed that are only followed by Mormons, and how big is the visible presence of religion on the state? Um, what laws are passed that are only uh, kept by Mormons? Is that what you said? Followed by, yeah. L- like laws of the land? Yeah. That's his question. Um, I, I, you know what? I, I'd be hard-pressed to find that out. The legislature is uh, uh, heavily influenced by LDS members because there are a lot who are state and... Uh, and even U.S. representatives, and so, uh, but the laws that are passed are like your run-of-the-mill state laws that you have in a lot of other countries, and or a lot of other states. So you don't. I mean, they, in the end, I think they run the state like a business, like they do everybody else. Um, you'll see a lot of political sway in the conservative direction, um, but you know. I, I really cannot think of one law that is passed. I mean, can you guys? I, I'm blanking on that. Well, it's something that's there's passed a couple from... of them that I can think of. Like, I mean, it's not really a law, but like 
for instance, we don't have the lottery here, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but, and but we don't, not, and we don't Mormon have only law. You can't really pass yeah. a Mormon only law. It's just not no, legal, is it? No, 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 it's not a Mormon only. It's just, it's just different. Like, oh, so instance, you're saying we, so? So, well, it is, it is different. It certainly is different. Um, the lottery is hilarious. I have my own political feelings on the lottery because. Um, a lot of states don't do it. I mean, some states don't do it. A handful of states don't do the lottery. And those states, um, I think, are doing a great service to the under uh, to the lower classes of people in that state because who plays the lottery in most states? The Mostly lower class. The Utahns visiting. And the Utahns visiting. From, <laughs> yeah. They'll go up into <laughs> Idaho and buy time. a ticket. So <laughs> when you go into and you play, yeah, and it's fun. For you and me, if you go over to Idaho, you do a scratch ticket and you go, oh, shoot, I just lost, lost five bucks. Woo-hoo. And it's hilarious. And you you honestly pay for like the experience of I just played the lottery usually. Or you might get your money back. Maybe you get $6 from your $5 ticket. But um, the lottery is a terrible economic plan. I mean, for a state to try to find, and most try to do this whole, well, it's for education. And uh, states have the wool pull over, pulled over their eyes. They're currently, you know, Missouri is is right on this right now where they're going, we are absolutely hemorrhaging some of these people's bank accounts uh, for the sake of, of education, and it's not working. The lottery systems do not work in states. Mormons don't like the lottery because they don't like throwing their money away, and I think that that's pretty much just good financial advice. If you ask the financial advisor if I should play the lottery, they'd be like, look, man, no. <laughs> do it as a joke every six months when you go into when you go to Vegas, throw some coins in the slot machine. I do it. I play some blackjack every once in a while when I go to the table, and I give myself 40 or 80 bucks, and that's the actual price that I'm willing to lose. For the entertainment? For the entertainment purpose of it. I, I know going in, it's like going to a movie or something. I'm paying 40 bucks, and I'm going to go see... Uh, oh, at the Bellagio for 180 bucks or whatever, and then I'm also going to lose forty dollars at the uh, <laughs> at the uh, blackjack table. All right, his last two questions I'm going to divert to you, Ruby, because they're furry based. But does religion have any factor on the fandom and its growth? And is there a presence of Mormonism in the local communities? Is there is Leo's question? Uh, impact on local fandom. Okay. And growth and presence, and does it stop people from going? Uh, it it impacts it greatly. I I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, it's it's sometimes it, um, yeah, it's it's hard to explain it, but yeah, it it, it impacts it a lot. Um, you know, some people are a little bit more, you know chillax about things, and then there's other people that are like, no, you cannot call your convention. Um, furry unlocked because it stands for F you. So, um, you know, and they, they freak out about it just a little bit and I'll be <laughs> honest with you. It's created a little bit of a, but who says no to who says, maybe who shoots that kind of stuff down? What do you mean? Like Utah County groups? Oh, okay. Some of okay. the Utah community type thing. Yeah. The Utah County groups are notorious for it. That's so, funny because you don't really think about it. I mean, I wouldn't even think about it. If somebody presented that, I'd be like, cool. Fine. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if they look for it. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Hmm. Well, but at the same time, it's not it's not a complete huge divide. I just feel like that some people just need to understand the other side a little bit more. Like, both sides. I, I'm not just talking about, you know, members not knowing, not knowing how to communicate with non-members. I'm talking about also non-members being... Um, non-members, I'm meaning by non-members of the LDS church, um, not knowing 
you know, how to get along. Which with is funny because so you grew up in the church, right? I mean, you were yes, born in the church. I did. you did a mission. You you took a mission, didn't you? Uh, I did. So I took a mission. That's what, that's what I always say. I always hear like the older <laughs> folks saying that kind of stuff. Did you take a mission? So uh, I mean, you're you're throwing around the terms non non member and member. Uh, for people who are listening, I mean, I grew up outside of the state, but was also LDS, and so I did time in I did time in Texas, and then <laughs> I did all of high school in Seattle, which is a very different you know demographic as well from Texas in terms of religion. There are more agnostic people there. Notice I didn't say atheist. There's just a lot of agnostic like I just like hey, cool man, life's great. You just live Sundays like it's a regular day of the week, um, but. I didn't. I didn't know what the terms non-member and member were until I came here to Utah, and there's a real delineation there, so, and and I and I think it's a little bit demeaning too. I think it, it's not because people are doing it on purpose. I think it's just a. It's just a. Um, it's a jargon word. Totally is. It's, so, a, it's an absolute thing. So what are some other jargon words that, you know, that you know of that's within our community that maybe some other people wouldn't understand? What are some words that yeah ward i mean people throw around ward a lot like it's their neighborhood like i'm i'm going to go oh, to my yeah. ward and yeah. everybody else in the, the world thinks that they're going to a psych ward <laughs> well yeah and so like people will a lot of times around utah they'll say hey yeah this guy in my ward and they're not talking about people actually necessarily in his congregation they're saying like in their neighborhood they'll be like yeah in our ward and they're talking about the actual construct of the the actual boundary lines of their their ward boundaries and uh doesn't nolens do that though i don't know i think i thought the, those it. precincts down there or i can't remember where they're yeah called. it was like the first ward the second oh ward yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sure 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 yeah i don't know i mean so that that's exactly what people have here so wards are just reference to congregations but yeah we have that a lot we say wards we say members not members and uh People throw around inactive a lot. Yeah, he's an inactive member and things like that. And and it, it can be demeaning sometimes because, honestly, in Mormonism, you have all types of levels of people going and not going, just like you do in every religion. Um, but where we moved from, I mean, when I went to BYU, there were very few people who didn't go. And You have to go, I thought. Uh, it's not the... I thought it was honor code. Well, you, you have to get an ecclesiastical endorsement from. Oh, okay. uh, so what that means is, is basically you sit down with somebody, uh, because you don't have to be Mormon to go to BYU either. It's, uh, you know, I work a lot with the football team down there because of my job, and um, a lot of the a lot of the key players on the on the football team are not members of the ch- of the church. But they're allowed to be there. They don't have to go to an LDS church. You, they typically want you to live a certain a certain uh, degree of of uh of an honor code you know that has to do with with morals and things like that but uh you don't have to go to the lds church to to attend so but that ecclesiastical endorsement is hey are you drinking smoking doing drugs uh, you know having uh basically uh, there are a lot of rules there are a lot of rules but it's a private school i mean they get to do that they get to do whatever they well and 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 i don't know if it's as much that as it is uh you get you know what you're getting if you sign up for it there should never be like a question of oh really they're gonna make you um you know for example you have to be clean shaven on campus to take tests and things like that and that sounds strange to a lot of people and it was weird for me. I made fun of it a lot when I was there. And I would try to get away with whatever I could. And notice I have a full beard now, too. Well, you didn't go to BYU-Idaho. I mean, there's... 
Yeah, BYU, BYU Idaho has a couple more things that are added on there that people like to grab no onto there. No sandals. I, 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 do they still do that? I, yeah. I mean, that was like the joke. I remember somebody said, dude, you, they can't even wear overalls there. Like, girls can't wear overalls there. And I was always like, why would you wear overalls anyway? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do this? <laughs> why would you do that? Too? All right, let me finish up this email, and then we'll, we'll move Sorry. forward. So. Yeah. I'm real chatty. So. That's cool. Uh, now that my questions are out of the way, this is what I think on Utah. Besides hearing Zion Canyon and Fallout 4, Honest Hearts DLC, and Salt Lake, there wasn't much to know about Utah other than its strong religious background. I've never been to the Mormon mothership, but it's a neighbor to Old Idaho, so that's something I'll personally get to know next year for Furry Unlocked. Until then, it's just a rumor and filled with the shadow waiting to be explored. This part is off topic. Uh, this has no part of the topic I wanted to say. I got a new job, makes me happy, and Supervisor calls him Tiger. I know the last episode of Seas is coming, but could I suggest an episode? I would like to know... Secret. Okay, that was really <laughs> yeah, weird. We'll keep the secret of his suggestion till we announce it. Oh, okay. And he says, with hugs and purrs, Leo the artist. Thanks, Leo. Yes, thank you for sending that in. So we've done some research. And so, yes. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, so we pulled some statistics. And uh, I'll read off the, the statistics, and then you want to take the question, Rue? Sure. Okay, cool. So here are your statistics. Utah has 2,554,000 Mormons, 9 missions, 4,971 congregations, 15 temples, and 152 family history centers. This is about a third of the nation in most of these categories by comparison. Utah County is 82.26% LDS. That's pretty close there with that, between 75 and 80% there. Yep. Yeah. Utah as a whole is 62.64%, and Salt Lake County is 51.51% LDS as of the end of 2013. So, why do you feel that it's so prominent? Prominent. Wow, I can't read today. I mean, it's the church headquarters. I mean, it's like, you know, why is uh, why does Italy have a lot of Catholics? You so know what I mean? Do you think if they moved the headquarters that, that those numbers would dramatically shift elsewhere? Uh, not necessarily. I think what would... I, I think... Uh, I think that this will always kind of be the base because the, this has not just a, a historical, um, you know, for the church kind of headquarters. Um, there's a feeling of refuge here that people found in Utah that they didn't have other places because they were kicked out and, uh, you know, killed in a lot of places. I mean, that, that was, they were just, every city that they went to from, uh, upstate New York into Ohio and then into Illinois and then into Missouri, every place that they went, there were lawmakers who would actually make physical laws to make it illegal to be LDS or to be, uh, or to make it okay to not do business with people who are LDS or Mormon. And, uh, so they tried to find somewhere. So they just went as far as they could. They felt like they could go, uh, out this direction and, and they established, you know, basically the entire state was, founded on 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 that principle of finding somewhere else you know it's like why are there a lot of lawmakers in washington dc you know i mean that's particularly on capitol hill if you moved to the capital of the united states you would obviously have a lot of people move that way too but i think that there's historical importance here and there was there was a lot of like that that feeling of refuge uh, here in the state of utah that came with it so so do you think that because those numbers are really... I mean, those are really, really high numbers. High numbers, comparison. yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Do you think it's created some entitlement, though? Uh, it certainly created uh, a shift in the direction of, of, of Mormon-type... Uh, well, I guess principles of, of what people... Again, as soon as you start throwing in laws of the land and things like that, you have a lot of people who say, hey, yeah, this is the way that the community likes it. you know, And that's kind of a wink and a nod to... Um, 
there are a lot of Mormons here and that wouldn't fly because the community wouldn't put up with it. At the same time, it's pretty amazing to think too. Salt Lake County, they used Salt Lake County, County was 51. 51.51. And here in Salt Lake City, I bet it's in the, it's, it's probably upper 30s or. I think it's like 30, it's like 31 or 34. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's amazing to me. Like I think about it and go, dang, you know, only a third compared to the rest of the state that's almost uh, two thirds or even three quarters. LDS, um, because it didn't used to be like that. Uh, it used to be a lot more number. There used to be a lot more numbers. Utah is um, becoming more diverse over time. I mean, those numbers are all of those numbers that you pointed out are just uh, they just keep falling in terms of. Actually, the actually I pulled those numbers from the Desert News. Um, what was the what were the? I think that in the what you get is in the in the rural areas, not rural, but more suburban areas. You have those numbers going up. Yeah, you do. And then but in the, the and then said in, it's going up towards. Uh, the LDS, not down. Well, I, I'm in Salt Lake. Certainly, it's not. It's not no, going it up. Is. In it Salt Lake County, to, no. Salt Lake City went up three percent, which in turn affects from the from when to when. I, I don't Over know. The last three years. Uh, I I have uh, I've seen. I mean, I've I've lived here. Well, I am too, because frankly, I think a lot of LDS people try to move out of Salt Lake City. I can see that uh, because of because they just. Uh, I I think some people just feel more comfortable in communities that are almost exclusively LDS not to exclude anybody I think it, they feel like it's going to be a little bit easier life to live and I totally think that it's not <laughs> I think that it's harder I I was I think I told you guys this in the last podcast but I think living in Utah being LDS is really hard it's difficult because you are under this microscope and there's not a lot of diversity in terms of well, no, there is. There are super intellectual people inside the LDS Church, and I, the only the only problem that I see sometimes is that people can get wrapped up in knowing one thing, and it's and it's hard for me because I feel like I've, uh, you know, I want people to see other things. We moved up to here to Salt Lake City, and my wife kind of rolled her eyes about it because she's like, "You just want it because you think you know you're different and stuff, and you want to be." And I thought, well, at the same time, I I want my kids to be around. Um, other religions and, and other things. And in, in reality, Salt Lake is kind of as close as you can come around here, you know, in the state. But in the end, too, I mean, our church is one and a half minutes away. You know what I mean? So, you know, growing up, it was always like a 25 or maybe even 45-minute drive to go anywhere. And we had maybe one temple within a couple hours or something like that. Now it's, you know, you see 11 of them as you drive down I-15 between, you know, uh, South Utah County and, and uh, up to Ogden, the main populace of the state. Mm-hmm. So Utah has a lot of oddities in its culture. A lot of, a lot of it seems to originate from the Mormon influence. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, we have a few things. Um, I like how you said, for example. Yeah. <laughs> for mm-hmm. example. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> I'm wow. catching on to all this. I'm catching on to you guys' culture now. Okay. <laughs> this, I love this. This is my. This is the most prominent, obvious oddity. Everyone who comes up from the south always comments on this oddity. So we have dear elder billboards. So what's up with dear elder billboards? When you go to Utah County and you go over Point of the Mountain and you come down in right there, right there, uh-huh. dear elder billboard, right there, bam. Is I, it a dating website or is it like no, a? Or is you it, don't know what dear elder is. What is it? Okay, so Dear Elder is a website that is exclusively for people to be able to email. Oh, to write letters. Mail or write letters to missionaries. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, you have 
I mean, but you don't see you don't see that in in Salt Lake County. You don't see yeah. that in, in going past Utah. You see Although you know, I was downtown. Area. I was downtown uh, at the UPS store two days ago. Here, just I mean, it's uh, it's at like Maine and probably uh, Second South or Third South or something. So the uh, heart of downtown and. Uh, there was uh, U- the UPS store said same MTC same day delivery, and uh, and I thought I wonder how many people look at that and go yes I'm going to use that that service because the mission MTC stands for Missionary Training Center because the center of the missionary training world is down in Provo while the headquarters of the church is up here in Salt Lake the center of the of the of all those guys in the white shirts with the with the black placard on their on their chest with that the all, name of the church. That all are called the same exact name, elder. Elder, right? <laughs> elder refers to a posi- their their uh, their position in the church, which is just basically a, a priesthood office. You know, it's like saying deacon, some somebody, or priest, someone, or father, so and so. Um, well, isn't that their first name? <laughs> that's what people would ask me. I mean, I mean yeah, yeah. People know when I, I and I went out of the country to serve my mission, and so a lot of people will. You know, nobody knew what that really meant. It was always hard to explain to them, too. You know, I, like. I love it because whenever, um, because I did serve a mission, you know, whenever I knocked on the door, there's this one lady that came out and she's like, your elder and your elder? That's so weird. That's so cool, yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. I had a, both of you have the same first name. Yeah. Well, you know, like I said, it's the center <laughs> of the missionary training world. And so I think you just have a lot of folks who... Uh, they do. They want to get those letters to their 18-year-old son, grandson, nephew, or whoever. I mean, you think of the amount of people that have missionaries that are out serving that is their brother or nephew or cousin, and they want to write a letter to them. So obviously, if you if you can capitalize on a business to get something to them quicker, you know, it'll it piques people's interest because there's so many. I think there are over uh, 70,000 missionaries now, maybe in the world, or six, 60 something, there or 58, or I can't remember what it is. It. Oh wait, no, I can't tell you that. Uh, you'll find out why later. So it's a it's a it's a high number of of uh, missionaries that are out, and obviously because uh, Salt Utah represents a huge number of of those uh, missionaries. I actually taught uh, at the missionary training center. I taught Spanish for three years when I worked at nice. BYU. So all that all that language training turned into, and now I teach private Spanish lessons like on the side. And uh, you you if you the LDS population has a, a high number of people who speak a second and third language. You know, it's a lot of people who speak a lot of languages. So tell me about the Y code. Do you know what the Y code is? Mm-mm. You go oh. somewhere. Okay, so I see this most prominently when I go to Disneyland. I don't know why. I, I, I guess I actually know I have seen it a little bit in Disney World in Florida. But the Y code is when you're not in Salt Lake or you're definitely not in Utah County and you just see the BYU Y. Oh, yeah. Somewhere. Okay, so a lot of apparel. Is that what well, the apparel. It's just like, is that like the secret Morse code of saying I'm Mormon? Is it like, is it like the mm, Jesus fish of Mormons? Uh, I see the white everywhere. And it's like, maybe I, you know it's the, funny because I think Jesus that Jesus fish of Mormons. Yeah, oh my gosh! Yes, the born yeah. again Christian fish. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, Tugs. <laughs> the thing is, is that I mean, I see more Utah gear or Utah. You know, the U, the block U, or the U, the the drum and feathers. I look at it like the Y. You know, you see people with a. With the okay. Notre Dame hat on, I honestly think it's just people who are giant BYU sports fans who are wearing them around. Really? Okay. Yeah, I mean, if someone if someone goes to Disneyland from Salt Lake City, like my neighborhood's like all Utah, they're all Utes, you know, they're all in the Crimson Club and everything. But I don't see the U at Disneyland, but I see the Y. I I and not to say I've never seen it. I've seen both. But. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say I think it's it's. Uh, 
you don't see a lot of people that's like their vacation gear you know what i mean oh, like okay. it's okay. like their vacation gear they're out and they're like we are now we are recreating i'm gonna wear my byu hat and you know whatever but i mean you go to any place i think where a university is prominent and i mean byu is and people won't like to hear this who are from around here but it's just the way it is in terms of sports entities in the state it has the largest following i mean it's just the way it is well and you're gonna think that this is kind of weird and maybe i'm completely wrong about this but i think that the typical um utah family their vacation consists of them going to disneyland mm. yeah yeah it's, it's that's super true. popular like uea actually disney plans for uea uh, Disney and Disney is, I mean, in, in terms of advertising, I mean, Disney beats down uh, doors of the largest radio stations here in town. And I happen to work in that building, and you should you should see the amount of of uh, <laughs> of Disney talk that there is because they know it's such a huge market. They, Disney is built for a place like LDS Families because. You know, it's built for families. I mean, it's just easy to entertain kids, and it's fun, and it's a clean atmosphere. So it just makes sense for you know, Disney and Disney and uh, and Mormons kind of go hand in hand. <laughs> so what's this thing about Mollywood? Um, how, how is it that you guys have all these? I've never heard the Y code. I've never heard. I don't. Even I called know it what, the Y code. Okay. I don't know what it's really called. I don't I even know what Mollywood is. Mollywood is. I always call it Mo Cinema, but like the Mormon movies. Like like oh is that what like what is it singles ward wasn't that one of those movies? yeah you know we were talking about this the other day and there was this rash of of uh, LDS produced movies that I think started happening in the late nineties yeah. early two thousands I think for the most part it subsided because wasn't it produced by this by the same person like some of them a lot of more yeah it's just not associated with the church itself but they made movies uh, that were Mormon uh, centric to try to you know, pull in that crowd and make a buck in that sense. And and I think try to bring a little bit of like, hey, you know what? We're going to make this movie PG and, and we're, we'll make we'll make fun of ourselves. And a lot of those movies, you know, there's a, a lot of references to Mormonism and they make fun of their little quirks. And, and I think that that's, I think it's healthy, but I think the movies are also poorly produced. And this is the way it is. Well, and I, I apologize that I'm the one that's bringing this up, but since we're talking about um, Mormon movies. This is not a Mormon movie, but I'm bringing it up anyway. Have you heard of The Latter Days? What is that? That is not a Mormon movie. Mm. It's a... Minion yeah. Minion movie written by Mormon guys. Or, I mean, The Minions, The Despicable Me, I think one and two are both... Uh, really? Written, yeah, both LDS. Good movies. Both uh, written by LDS guys. Yep. Oh. I think The Minions were created by those, the same the same LDS guys. I mean, they, they created them kind of on accident. So they were based in Utah County people, right? Uh, BYU, <laughs> the minions. Yes. Oh, I thought you meant like. Well, no, I, just, you know, I know that. Uh, I mean, BYU plants like tons of people in Pixar and the animating studios. They have like a huge amount of animating. Well, the reason why is because um, it's because of BYU. BYU has one of the top tier um, animation programs, and um, if you get into the animation program, um, it is a guarantee. Really. That. If you apply for Pixar or one of these places, they will at least look at your application and and your demo reel. Um, it's a guarantee that they will look at those two things. And basically what, what that's doing for you is it's skipping a whole bunch of people that apply. So that's why, and they love BYU students 
and a lot of their animation team is pulled from BYU and KelArts. So if you ever want to work at Pixar, those are the two schools to go to. Hmm. I think it's time for a break. Yes. So we have brand new space news. We have, I don't know, no, the old timing ends later. So that's later, but we have space news now. And then we will be back with more oddities. Alien Frequencies Open, Smokescale Aquatus here with another round of news for you. As of Thursday, July 30th, here are your space headlines. The drive everyone said doesn't work but yet seems to is back. The electromagnetic propulsion drive has been tested by a few other independent studies and it seems that it's producing thrust equivalent to that which was predicted by its inventor Roger Shawyer. Uh, they're failing to poke holes in this and that's giving it some credence. They still don't know why it seems to violate the law of the conservation of momentum, but it seems to be working under all the conditions that they've that they've tested. If this does end up working, it changes everything. We're talking about from Earth to the Moon in four hours, Earth to Mars in 70 days, Earth to Pluto in 18 months as opposed to nine years, Earth to Alpha Centauri in a hundred years versus tens of thousands of years. I'm going to still continue to be skeptical about this until the results are published in a peer-reviewed journal, but until then, it's still really cool hearing about it. Uh, I, I want to hear how this works, and they're still trying to figure out how it works. And if you're not sure what the law of the conservation of momentum is, it means that in order to move forward, you have to throw something out the back. That's what makes rockets work. They move forward because they're expelling exhaust. They're throwing the fuel ignited and expanding vigorously out the back, and that's what pushes them forward. Virgin Galactic's Spaceship 2 crash investigation is coming to a close. The National Transportation Safety Board concludes that the ship breakup was indeed caused by human error. They actually released video of, uh, of the incident from a camera that was mounted on one of the fins, and it does show that the feathering mechanism did activate far, far too early, while the motor was still burning. And, well, you can probably guess what that, what that means if uh, the ship's aerodynamics change in the middle of propulsion. So, I don't know exactly what this means for the vehicle, but uh, it seems that Richard Branson is interested in continuing to move forward. So, if they can find a way to make that safer and keep the, the pilot from accidentally or even intentionally but misguidedly ac uh, unlocking that mechanism, then good on them. Within the last few days, SpaceX held a press conference in regards to the failure during CRS-7, where it broke up about a minute into flight. The investigation is still ongoing, but what it looks like right now is a failure of a support strut inside the liquid oxygen tank. And this strut holds a canister of pressurized gaseous helium, and that helium, as it's released, pressurizes the tank and pushes the liquid oxygen towards the turbo pumps, but should only be released while the engine is burning to alleviate the pressure. What they think happened was the strut failed, the tank floated up to the, the top of the tank because it's lighter than liquid oxygen, and hit hard enough to fracture and begin releasing helium into the tank, causing it to overpressurize and explode. They actually did a few random tests on the, the struts that they have at their factory, and they found that many of them failed at 20% their rated tolerance. So they're either going to go with a different manufacturer, or they're probably going to start manufacturing them in-house and they'll probably also incorporate some sort of uh, quality testing, either at the point of manufacturing where they actually put the canister in the tank, or where they attach the stages, maybe both. 
Now because of all this, the Falcon Heavy test launch, which was supposed to be late this year, has slipped to 2016. I'm a little disappointed, but you know, given what's going on, I can understand. They also said that, surprisingly, the Dragon capsule survived the breakup. It was actually falling free nice and, nice and cleanly, it was unharmed, until it hit the water. It doesn't have the software on board to automatically deploy the parachutes, so they may look into incorporating that, making it just a little bit more like its, uh, its successor, the Dragon 2. So we'll be, we'll be listening for more. The Kepler Space Telescope continues to surprise us. In the last couple of days, it discovered a new planet called Kepler-452b. It is the first potentially rocky planet orbiting a star very similar to the Sun within the habitable zone. And what that means is it's around a main sequence star just like ours. It's within reasonable range of size of Earth. It's about 60% bigger than Earth. And like I said, it is potentially rocky, meaning terrestrial, like Earth. In the habitable zone, meaning not too hot, not too cold, the Goldilocks zone, as astronomers like to call it. So there is the potential for liquid water, depending on the environment itself. Uh, it has an orbital period around its star of about 385 days, which is not too different from ours, 365. Uh, the star it orbits is about a 1.5 billion years older than the sun, and so that means uh, Kepler-452b receives about 10% more energy than we do from our sun. And that could mean that they... It could mean that the planet suffers a, a runaway greenhouse effect, kind of like Venus. It's about 1,400 light years away, so it would take several million years to get there if we were traveling as fast as the New Horizons probe. I'm very interested to hear more about this planet because it's the sixth most similar to Earth planet that Kepler has found thus far. And Kepler is continuing to find all kinds of wonderful, wonderful planets. So I can't wait to hear more about this. That's all we've got for you this time. For more information on space and space-related matters, follow NASA, Virgin Galactic, SpaceX, The Kepler Project, and other similar organizations on Twitter, Facebook, and other social media. Until next time, this is Smokescale Aquatus saying, keep looking up, space fans. We're on social media. Twitter, Facebook, and Google Plus information is on the For What It's Worth website. For what it's worth, it's what you're listening to. And welcome back, and we're going to continue with Utah Oddities. <laughs> So, you taughties. Come back ever. I love it. You're Ut right back at it. You taughties, yeah. You're the one that's making right, it stall. Right, right. Let's get back into it. All right, it, so let's, let's talk about this pack sun thing that happened in Oral. The modesty in Utah culture. I see less two piece swimsuits, I think. I, that's anecdotal. But mm. like, when you go to the pool, I, you do see two piece. And mm -hmm. I, I think you see more than you used to, but there's definitely a you need a one piece. And then there's also the whole mod bod thing where it's like, yeah. buy modest clothing and stuff. So, so what is this? Uh, yeah, the modesty thing's big in the in the LDS culture, um, and then you have the my my wife's mother um, is is really big into the modesty thing, but she's also very fat. You have people that try to marry that fashion sense with um, with modesty, and so in Mormonism, modesty doesn't mean uh, you know ankle to to wrist you know type dresses and things like that. Um, but Mormons feel that uh, modesty is very important because 
um, chastity is important. And I think that the archaic thinking on that is, you know, like I said, cover everything up and, and, and then people automatically start to think of, of, you know, full burkas and things like that. Not for Mormons, but I mean like that, then, then they feel like it's oppressive, you know, I think that there's this mix of bodies here with that. I think you have people that are, I think objectifying of, of bodies ends, ends up happening more because of that type of a thing, ironically, because people are like, Oh dang, you know, you can see midriff or whatever, you know, or really short shorts. Now do those things happen? I mean, you know, when I was down in Provo, girls would find a lot of girls would find any opportunity to be able to wear their bikinis wherever, which is, there's not a lot. We're landlocked, you know I mean? You go to seven peaks or you try to go, or you lay out or whatever. Um, go to the great salt lake. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people <laughs> love swimming in the great salt lake, catching those waves. So, <laughs> so, um, pouncing right off of them too. <laughs> so I don't know if there's like a, my wife is really into modesty, but at the same time, like, uh, I think that her, when I say she's into modesty, she grew up in a, in, in a house where her mom was like, Hey, look really great and, and be like proud to look great. Don't, uh, you don't have to have like super short shorts on or a strapless prom dress with tons of cleavage for you to be able to, for people to be able to like you. And, uh, and that was, but I, I think on the flip side, uh, if you have a strapless dress or a super, uh, uh, tight bikini on at the beach, um, I don't think to myself, dang, like what happened to her? Like, did her daddy not love her? You know, that kind of a thing like that. I don't, I don't <laughs> but think But I know that things. there's some people that think that though in this totally. culture. No, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's just imagine going, I mean, oh, the, the shock, girl. the shock that people get when they go down the street. Like for example, when you go to Las Vegas and you've never been to the strip before and you got the guys banging the cards against their hands and they got oh, the, the collector card game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the collector card game, the guys who are, who are handing out, you know, full nudity, you know, uh, it used to be, used to be a lot more, Oh yeah, they had to clean a it lot up. more graphic yeah, and they had to clean it up quite a bit. But, um, you know, now, I mean, it's still not, it's not hard pressed for you to find, um, you know, just absolutely out there stuff. So when people go from a, a culture where, Girls don't like to show a lot of cleavage to you see cleavage going down the street as as an afterthought and no one you know they people who are wearing those things and it's an afterthought to them um, it, it, and it's a total like eye staring thing for somebody else like I catch myself because I'm so used to walking around in a culture where folks aren't wearing super revealing stuff that when I get to the beach or something like that you're like you your brain I mean I'm a male you know my brain goes that direction a lot of times you know i'm i'm a heterosexual guy who goes dang Whoa. yeah <laughs> suddenly my hard wiring kicks in and goes well, okay like what's going on here you know and and you notice it and then you're like could you believe what that and, and then the conversation turns into i couldn't believe what all those girls were wearing and then you're going oh, hold on a minute like this is the rest of the world and this is how things really are well of. this brings me kind of to to our next question which it's super surprising you know we're in we're in this particular culture, but yet Deseret News has reported that Utah is number one in the nation of of porn. Why mm. do you think that is? Nation of porn or for porn? Or, the nation of porn. <laughs> the nation of porn. Well, nation. It's right wait. off of Borneo. Porneo. Nation for porn. Yeah, for por- yeah. We for, consume what, most for, for per capita. Yeah, well, it doesn't surprise me. It's a. It's the. Um, it's the uh, it's the forbidden thing, you know. 
But why is it here? Like it's just like you know, Iran has like the most like uh, homosexual porn searches per capita from like countries. Really? You know? I mean, if you look it up, there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of countries that you're like, oh, um, in, in in the Iranians' case, I feel like that's oppressive. I, I've never felt like the the LDS religion has been opp- oppressive to me. But well, yeah, sure, the the, the, the leadership is not going to come out and go. X, Y, I mean, they will, but, but, but yeah, but you're not going to be like, like our laws aren't in, in, aren't going to punishment wise, like you're not going to be, there's not going to be corporal punishment for you, you know, viewing pornography, right. Or, or, uh, for you looking at another woman in public or whatever it might be. I mean, people have affairs, you know, within the LDS church. I mean, it's just like any religion, right. But people have, uh, pornography issues too. I mean, in, I don't know if it's because I, I think that sex overall in the LDS religion is 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 hard. It's a hard thing to talk about. It's a hard thing to bring up because um, I think my personal views on it are if if your kids don't have a healthy understanding of what um, sex is and sexual relationships are, then they carry that with them. It becomes a tremendous burden. Um, you grow up being scared of it. Females in particular in this culture. Um, not just being scared of it, but 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 thinking of it as being super uh, bad, taboo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not just taboo, but bad. And so you're told your entire life, uh, you know, about uh, keep yourself sexually pure, and and I think that's super important. But at the same time, um, if you treat it like it's it's this thing that you that that should be hated, and that you should run from, then why do we expect the night suddenly that 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 you get married on the honeymoon, that everything's just going to be suddenly okay. I've had so many friends tell me how awkward it was. Mm-hmm. So many friends are like, I it's not about it's not about necessarily being awkward as much as it is just complete lack of knowledge, right? About what what, it, what, what really goes on. So my father in law is a doctor, and uh, he deals with a lot of. Um, he talks to girls before they get married a lot of times, and so. I mean, he's an OB, and so he delivers a lot of babies and and does a lot of, uh, you know, exams on people who have, you know, people who are about to have sex, things like that. I don't know if this is uncomfortable for you guys. No, I'm, no. Uh, it's, it used to be uncomfortable for me because I didn't have a gynecologist as a father-in-law until I was married, right? I don't have a gynecologist at all. <laughs> I don't have a gynecologist at all either. It's kind of interesting because a lot of times he's my, he ends up being my doctor. Like, I'm just like, hey, man, my throat hurts. What's going on? Like, my, 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 I have <laughs> a guy, I have a guy, I have a gynecologist like that I call up and I'm like, what's going on with my, what's going on? I've got the flu or something. You know, anyway, um, in the end, I mean, you have a lot of, you'll have a lot of uh, naivete. I mean, and... I think I'm. I, I was blessed to have a, a wife whose parents were very straightforward about things, and it's not always the case. Because when you're 14 through through 18 and you're being told uh, how terrible sex is, not terrible, that premarital sex is an abomination, then you you internalize that, and it's very hard to have a normal sexual relationship when you are married. So do you think that there's a strong, or, or not a strong, but do you think there's a direct warming connection between the state legislature constantly saying, don't teach how to use a condom or anything, just abstinence only, abstinence only? Yeah, I mean, that, uh, I think, think that that's, I think that that just, just, I mean, that's not obviously just a Mormon issue. I mean, in very high, I mean, in the, in the Baptist community that I grew up in, in in Texas, it was the same way. They were like, don't talk about condoms. Don't talk about, I mean, that, that's why you had high pregnancy rates, because they just were undereducated about it. You don't have super high pregnancy rates here in Utah, because I think generally information is more is disseminated a lot more now, everywhere, mm-hmm. compared to where it used to be. 
But, um, you know, in places, it, it, you know, it's always the case where there are places where um, sex is discussed less. You tend to have more, you know, higher pregnancy rates. And, and I think that that happens in every legislature in very conservative parts of the country is you just have people who go, look, man, I don't want our kids to we don't want to teach our kids, Hey, here's how to use a condom because that makes it feel like, uh, you know, we're teaching them that it's okay to have sex when they're 15 or 16. Gotcha. So well, let's shift gears, yeah. which a lot of parents do not want, you know, and I don't want that for my, I have a daughter and I think to myself how difficult it would be in this community if she got pregnant. Um, and well, not just be, in this community, but she'd be judged and not just judged. I think, I mean, I, I think that I think about like her life track of what, I, what yeah. you want. Yeah for your, for your kids, you know, you, you think I want you to be able to go to college. I want my daughter to go to college and then figure things out, you know, just get to college and start going and start getting your <laughs> education and then, and then start to figure those things out because then, uh, you know, whatever we teach her before that, I, I, I want her to be a good person first and then make those decisions later. But, uh, but also please get a scholarship and go to college. So what about fake swearing? Uh, fetch. Like fetch or... Yeah. Holy cow! I mean, <laughs> there's there's a whole bunch yeah. of different heck. Heck, heck is the one. I that's the, yeah. that's the first time I let that word come out of my mouth since I was like 17. I think it is the dumbest word ever. If you're gonna swear, why don't you just go for the gold? Yeah, yeah. I was. I mean, there's there are uh, <laughs> you there. Only are, hear fetch here. There are there are feelings on swearing here in Utah that are that are strong. People have. I mean, uh, you know, the, I think it's part of the trying not to. It's trying to be good with. Um, also trying to maintain this appearance of being good. But but isn't it it's supposed to be about the... In, it's, it's not just how you do it. It's the intent behind it, it's right? It's the principle. It's, yeah, you're so, still... Even if you're saying fetch, you're still swearing. You're, it's it's <laughs> almost as bad as if you were actually just saying the word. Yeah. I mean, you've got a lot of people who disagree with that, but I... I mean, really... I've never been... I've, I've gone through phases where... I mean, obviously... Um, so I got into a real phase when I was in high school. I had the dirtiest mouth, and I think a lot of teenagers go through this where they just everything that came out. I mean, I was captain of the football team, so I was just like, "We're gonna go in there. We're gonna, we're gonna get these guys, and we're gonna take their, we're gonna take their, their mascot. We're gonna, you know, it's like you go through all these things, and you and you have a dirty mouth, you know. And I had to get over that when I when I turned into adult years because I think that most adults have to figure out, you know what. Having a normal conversation probably shouldn't consist of this type of language, like as an afterthought, you know. And uh, I still have interesting vocabulary. I've had to clean it up a lot just because of my profession, you know. I mean, oh yeah, that FCC. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> emphasis on the F. But I have like a real, I have a real fear of getting too comfortable with swearing because it can get me because there's FCC rules and then there's the place where I work rules, you know, which is more tied culturally to, you know, what you want to do here. If something like that was to happen, you'd be branded out of the industry almost, wouldn't you? I mean, like, like no, not in, in I mean, Utah you would, wouldn't Well, you? it depends on how it goes because, I mean, we have dump buttons. We're on a delay and... Uh, That's no fun. As co-hosts, we would save each, save ourselves, you know, we save each other, you know, if somebody let, let something fly. We had to ask our boss the other day if we could say jackass on the air, you know, and, and I remember thinking, and, and you know, a couple of the other hosts were like, I can't say that on KSL. My boss goes, yeah, it's fine. Just make sure you tell people beforehand, hey, 
Uh, you're going to hear some language in here. And it wasn't, it was a total serious conversation. It was in context of what somebody had said to somebody else to incite something else, you know, and it was, it, it was legit. It was a legit yeah. quite, it wasn't just like oh, this jackass. Can I say jackass boss? It wasn't that it was, yeah. it, <laughs> it was a quote like uh, that somebody had used. And I can't remember if it was, you know, it was probably somebody talking about Donald Trump or something. And it was just like, you know, he called him a jackass or no, we played a clip of t- Donald Trump calling somebody else a jackass. And, um, Anyway, it was it was part of the conversation, but yeah, there are FCC rules, and then there, for me, the swearing thing, like I don't want my kids to have, I want my kids to be able to uh, express themselves in something a little bit more intelligent. Is that to say that people who are intelligent uh, don't swear? Absolutely not. I mean, um, but I don't have a problem. English with it. is a wide language, and there's a lot of good words you can use to more effectively yeah, convey your point. But at the same time, like uh, one of my struggle, I say struggles, but. Um, I go back and forth. My wife hears me swear a lot. I mean, like in the house, not at her, and it's just kind of in the thing. And uh, and we, it's fine. It works out. So far, I, I have not had my privileges as a member of the church revoked because of my language. <laughs> well, what do you think about the company Clean Fix? Is that oh, Clean Fix, yeah. They, I don't know what their status is. I think Clean Fix, Netflix are but there's been dead. a whole trend for a while, like the whole cutting of Titanic. I, yeah, you know, um, editing films to take out all the, the yeah, swear words and, and you know, sex I think, scenes and stuff yeah, like that. Well, I think it, it might be hard to remember this, but everybody, religious or not, can probably remember the first time that boobs flashed up on the screen when your mom and dad were in the room. And for me, I remember feeling that like that was so weird. Like, oh dang, my mom! Or the sex scene comes on, and your mom and dad—you're sitting between your mom and dad, you know, during that movie. That's <laughs> awkward. For I don't care what uh, I don't care what you know culture you're a part of. That is like a super weird moment. And I don't know if it's like people trying to avoid that moment necessarily, as much as it is like, uh, you know, as an eight or nine year old. I mean, PG. I remember watching the movie Sixteen Candles, for example. You guys remember that movie, old John Hughes movie? Yeah. And uh, there are a lot. It's rated PG, but there are a ton of boobs in it, and a lot of swearing, and a lot of weird contextual swearing. Tons of racism, and like, uh, and I remember thinking, old when I got older, this is a PG, and there's like close-ups of boobs and people being, uh, and, and you're going. I remember seeing this movie when I was like nine, and that was like a, a big thing for me. I was like nine-year-old seeing nudity and going, okay, what's going on? And back then, you couldn't Google search stuff you know it was whatever your friend brought to school in his back pocket that was folded up you know there was that's how you saw pornography for the first time or if it was brought in in a movie and half the time you didn't know i think people just they get afraid of of exposing their kids to something that uh, that they feel like could get them going down the track of having a dirty mouth or having a super dirty mind which i think sometimes people are really just kind of come with i mean if they have a dirty mind they got a dirty mind you know and it can be influenced by a lot of things, but the internet should be the thing you should be way more worried about. <laughs> yeah. So next question, fence cups and airport lobby crowds. What is fence cups? Oh, 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 oh. it's spelling out, hey, yeah, love you. Yeah. You think that's a Mormon thing? Well, in the context of this, it's I, I usually see it's the same thing as the airport crowd. Welcome home, so-and-so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I've seen the I love you thing in California and whatever. Like, that, that is that yeah. I see, but it's always the... The, the welcome home elder so-and-so or that big spray-painted building up 
just past North Ogden. You know, they covered it all up. I know. I saw. I, was I saw that last that. week. I was like, what? But but like the Salt Lake Airport built a special area just for crowds. To hold well, part signs. of that part of that was because again, it's the number. It's just a sheer volume of of missionaries who come back from missions here. Um, and then I think what happens too is is that. I think people felt like it's a, they feel like it's a rite of passage. Like, I can't wait till when I'm 20, 21 years old and I'm coming back from a mission and there's a sign up that says, welcome back, so-and-so, you know? And, you know, think about being gone for two years. That doesn't happen a lot. I mean, there are military families that do that, you know? But there are not a lot of 18-year-old, 19-year-old kids who go away for two full years without coming back or talking on the phone more than a handful of times, you know? And that doesn't... And when I was on a mission, there wasn't even email. And so... um Email came out right at the end, and it was letters, and I'd get, and they were two weeks delayed or not coming at all because I was in South America. So, yeah. Tell me about Green Jello. Uh, You've seen the plaque at Chuckarama, I'm assuming. Yeah, it's. I, I mean, the plaque just for the audience knows it's uh, it's state declaration that Green Jello is state food. I think Bill Cosby's signature is on there from the day he was <laughs> yeah. a scandalous figure. Yeah, it, it came like through the Olympics. They did like a full like legislative thing like when he came. It was for the Olympics and everything. They wanted to kind of have that image there. But but, but we did post a picture on Twitter of green jello with carrots in it and some strawberries. Mm-hmm. And people were like, what is this? Yeah, and it's a, it's an overused stereotype. How many times have you had it? How I many times? if I have a chance. I think it's gross. I have never had it made for me. I mean, I've okay, I've had you. Jello. I've had Jello like in my house. I've had Jello at parties you when I was a kid. See him at parties, not at the, but not with carrots. Uh, not, yeah, you know where carrots? you know where I've seen you know where I've seen with carrots is at um, like typically there's a there's an age crowd there going on. Like so, I think it's honestly people in their seventies that old people, older folks. I think do that kind of thing. My grandma would would. would have to make something healthy well she wouldn't make it she wouldn't make honestly i've never had one person i've never gone to somebody's house and they've made a jello salad or casserole or any of that i mean it's an over it's an overused stereotype honestly how many times have you guys had ever i see i'm gonna ask you have you actually had someone go i made you a jello like who does that no like every family party it's like oh here's the jello no way (laughs) yes it is it's so true utah county thing um, deep South Utah County. Well, but the, but 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 I think that well, Jello is sold in other states. I don't know. I mean, I know you guys. But we do have the highest per capita consumption. Probably. I, but again, when was the last time you actually had even Jello? I was way into, when I was like a teenager. I thought Jigglers were the bomb. Oh, you know, I was I love like, oh, because the fact that you could hold them and like if you got like a mom who would put like double the packets in and you basically had to chew it like gum to like have mm-hmm. it go down. I thought that was amazing, but. Uh, the Jello thing's like a totally overused stereotype of of the state. I think we're more probably. I think casseroles is totally true. Like like funeral potatoes. Funeral potatoes, just because it's like a, uh, and funeral potatoes. If you don't know, it's basically like a like a minced up, it's all gratin, scalloped potato. Yeah, au gratin, I guess potato yeah. and uh, with cornflakes corn on top. So we have switching gears. This is complete from Jello to depression. We have we have the highest. Um, antidepressants per capita mm. here. Yeah. I read the most interesting studies about this, and they don't think it's because of Mormons, but a lot of people do think just because of the strong presence that it's like an oppression thing. Um, I don't know if it's an oppression thing as much as it is. Uh, I think that the desire to be really good is high here. and But as humans, our 
our ability to, to get to that mark uh, puts us very short all the time. And I think expectations here are extremely high, set not necessarily by the church itself, but by ourselves. You know, people, I think, expect a lot out of themselves, whether it be, um, I mean, there's a lot of pressure to, to live a certain way here, and there's a lot of, pr- there's a lot of pressure to, uh, you know, and that includes marriage and things like that, and uh, having kids and living a particular way and earning a certain amount of money. I think that that's huge. There's a, there's a tremendous keeping up with the Joneses thing around here that is added to by um, religion, but also we are really bad at the material stuff here. We are really wrapped up in boats and huge houses and, and things. Does that happen everywhere else? Yeah, but people expect more out of people who profess... Um, to be very religious, and uh, I think that coping-wise, people don't have alcohol to have. You can't have a glass of wine at night. I mean, that's a lot of people's antidepressant, you know, in the re- <laughs> in the real world. I'm not kidding. I mean, um, or a couple beers with dinner. That 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 is the real world kind of relaxation tool. And for LDS people, their uh, solace might only come. Uh, I mean, your brain depression is a is a is a brain function deficiency. I mean, uh, I grew Sick up brain. I grew up I grew up with with uh, with um, you know I've I've been fortunate enough to have passed down to me some anxiety and uh, depression issues, but a lot of it has been with my body image too. I mean, I've I was always a big kid and always very chubby and. Um, it became it took me to get 30 years old and three kids to turn my to start to like myself enough to lose weight for the right reasons and uh so a lot of my emotional problems were and again i didn't grow up here my emotional problems started within you know in other states and i didn't have to compare myself to other people very much you know but uh, mine was mostly based on my my body image so so there's a thought that some of this also is because we have a really well-educated population that people are more willing to reach out to medicine when they know that there's a problem and that there's... Yeah. Do you think, do you think there's some truth behind it? Uh, uh, my mom's a... I grew up with a psychotherapist for a mom. <laughs> and uh, now it was nice because she was a marriage family therapist for a long time and she got out of that because it was stressful for her. You know? And people who are in the mental health industry need as much counseling, I think, as people or more. I mean... Uh, you know, she would, uh, but like I said, anxiety issues and things like that kind of run in the family. And so we, so we had the DSM four on the back of the toilet, you know I mean? Like, I, <laughs> no, that's terrible reading. So I, but it was fascinating too. I mean, I was, as a kid, I, I, if I wasn't doing radio, I would be in the mental health field. Absolutely. I, I, lo- I love psychology. I love how the brain works. And I think that, I'm like a perfect candidate because I have my own <laughs> uh, struggles with those things. And so uh, I think that when people are able to have the discussion about mental health, which has been a real deficiency in this community as well as the rest of the world. I mean, people, the depression has never been looked at as like a, a disease as it has been. I've been really appreciative of how the church has handled it too because um, there was a... Uh, there was a recent discourse given by one of the uh, apostles, which are like the senior leadership of the church, um, Jeffrey R. Holland. And he speaks right to people at this at general conference, which happens twice a year. 
and it originates from here and it plays in all 200 countries that the church has found and he spoke and he looked right at he looked right at everybody and said i want to talk about depression i want to talk about depression which was a huge step because talking about depression from the main pulpit of the teaching place at the church was uh something that didn't happen before and when he talked about you know it's one thing to talk about um you know schizophrenia and things like that and and uh you know real real deep um mental issues and then to talk about depression you know major depressive disorder like that was a was a big step i think for the church all right moving right along then so i have an email from retro uh, do you have it do you want me to go for it oh you go ahead okay cool retro say i'm gonna read his postscript first because it's just funny should have said this a long time ago but i'm a dragon mole hybrid with rabbit ears colon three now here's his email dear rue tugs koru and guest Hey guys, it's a long time, no email. When you guys said the next episode will be about Mormons and Utah culture, it made me wonder, was it the Mormons that created some of the crazy laws, like the it is illegal to not drink milk one? Does this mean that all the lactose intolerant people are in jail? <laughs> I also would like to know if Mormons hang around the airport and try to convert or ask to, uh, tourists for donations. Reasons because of Halloween. May the horse be with you, Retro. <laughs> Those are all very good questions. So I think the, uh, I'll start with the airport one first. Uh, Mormons are very much known for trying to hit up people. The airport is not their venue, though. <laughs> uh, and when I say hit up people, they are not going around asking for donations. That's something that, that uh, you will never have the missionaries doing, is going around saying, hey, uh, would you like to give to, to, this, to this charity? You know, uh, the church... Uh, well, but you do have people knocking on doors asking for fast offerings sure but they typically are asking people who are already members of the church um a fast offering is basically uh so once a month people in the church go uh one day without or they go about 24 hours without really they skip about two meals without food or water and then um at the end of that the fast offering that they give is basically an amount of charity that they give like a, a, a it's not a set amount of money it's whatever they feel they can give and none of that is by the way none of this is required a fast offering is not a commandment it is a um a guideline they they instruct us you know to you know it's a charitable thing and so the idea is whatever you would have spent on food you give to charity and then that can go fast offerings go specifically to pay for people who don't have sustenance type things medical care food uh places to live that kind of thing so charity wise the church is one of the best in the world i mean uh utah is always at the top when it comes to charitable donation charitable donations and half of that is because people are commanded to give 10 percent of their of their increase so um if i quit mormonism would i have a 10 percent raise absolutely (laughs) if i if i quit mormonism though um I think that I would not be in a good enough place to maintain a job very well, to be honest, or, you know, uh, to have the kind of guidance I feel like I do. And that's for, uh, that's for me. You know, some people, it might be different, but what was the other thing there was about, oh, the milk thing. I'd never heard that. Yeah, I haven't either. Yeah, I haven't either. So Utah's liquor laws. It, let's see. Let's go through a couple things. So it's um, 3.2%. Um, no malt bevs or above... Um, above in stores state only stores so you can't find it in costco you no, can't find no bitch beers yeah you can't get bitch beers anywhere oh well, that's you had that word 
Well, but that's a beer. That's anyway, different. anyways. What's the uh, so three point two is the the alcohol percentage, so, right? So like he, kind of the limit. Yeah. And, and I'm, I mean, I'm familiar. Again, I grew up in places where a lot of my friends all drank but, and but stuff. But here's, so. here's the thing, and this is just on the last point that we was going to read, which is that the legislature has this really odd relationship with liquor because it is the most profitable thing our state does. But we keep closing stores and shortening hours, reducing budgets, which is kind of odd from a business perspective. Usually, you give money to the to the centers, but also three point two percent is ABV. Not ABW like every other state. So it's really a 4% equivalent to other states. Do we weigh it differently on purpose? But yeah, that's I just don't... so we can have a lower number. Um, I, you know, I, I'm not sure. I, when I look at it, I think that the, the I think it's all based on people. I think it's to- almost completely based on people drinking and driving. I mean, the, the, the reality is, is that um, the ABC stores are hilarious. They're marked up. You know, 86%. a ton, and we're cheaper than Washington, though. That's kind of nice. So, <laughs> so I mean, they're marked up a ton, and I, you know, I don't drink, but I, I do sometimes. I, I get frustrated because I have friends who, you know, they're. I know it's a shocker. They drink, and they are also good people. So, oh my goodness, are you serious? When I see them making, I when I see them. <laughs> I know it's a shocker. So when I when I see like my friends or neighbors or something, and they go, "What is this about?" When, when people when people question it, and they mostly just want to dig at the church, I'm I'm kind of like, "Well, I think your reasons are weird, to, you know, to to question that." I I do think that mostly it's, uh, you know, it's hard for me because this is we are in a society of a lot of uh, our church preaches a lot of free agency and how important that is. And uh, free agency being just the ability to make your own choices and be and and we are uh, I think a very independent people. I mean, you have a lot of libertarian and and very um, you know free society type thinkers when it comes to the LDS Church. But I think when it comes to those laws that they feel like govern them, uh, when it comes to God, people um, get very uptight about the drinking thing. It is. Yeah, I mean, I mean I, they'll they'll take prescription drugs all day long, um, which is fine. If your doctor prescribes you something for pain and you take it as directed and you don't, then that's fine. Um, if people recreationally use alcohol and they know that they could be that they're prone to addiction, uh, like for me, I think if I started drinking, I, it would be a problem. You know, gotcha. I think it would be a problem, just because I have that type of addictive personality. Like I, I just have that. So. Okay, so here's the email from. Um, Captain Chibi, he says, Hi, I was wondering, is Mormonism just a more strict form of Christianity? We've kind of already gone over this question, like, um, but back to the email. Um, is Mormon Mormonism just a more strict form of Christianity, like Catholicism? Catholicism. Catholicism. Wow, I can't read. Um, but with different morals. Also... Uh... How do Mormons feel about their odd, unflattering um, depiction in the media? Just wondering, um, do with this email as you wish. Best regards. We will burn it. Okay. No. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the first question was about... Uh, Which we touched on. Yeah, the Christianity Mormons. I, I mean... Yeah, it's a, it's a Christian it's a Christian set of beliefs. It's the tenets are Christian by nature, and I think there are a lot of things that you don't find in mainstream Christianity that uh, people would find more strict, more difficult to live. 
Yeah. In media? In the media, the you can't do anything about that. I mean, what am I what am I going to do? I mean, I'm actually a member of the media, but I think they're talking more about the television depictions of and sister uh, wives and stuff. Yeah, and uh, again, people just assume that's more mainstream Mormonism and uh, and that's fundamentalist Mormonism. And people who lived that way would not they would be excommunicated from the church that I belong to. But and so it's frustrating sometimes. But I can't do anything about it. There's just no. I mean, the media. There are so few Mormons. I mean, the reality is, is there are very few Mormons. I mean, and so the latest one that I've seen is Hell on Wheels, and it had depicted Brigham Young being extremely, extremely like, like fierce, and I don't know. Anyways. Well, I oh that's a, that's on Netflix, right? Commons in that, right? Is he on that? It's a really good show. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know why, why. I think what people gravitate towards are the things that are the most fascinating or the more like interesting to look at, like the multiple wives thing, um, like you know the golden plates kind of a thing with with Joseph Smith and that that sort of thing. I, I and then they just and then they make assumptions. I mean, every religion is extremely complicated. <laughs> I mean, the the mysticism sometimes that, that surrounds and the the traditions that surround most religions. We just don't have to, you don't have time to sit down and explain. I took a world religions class when I was at BYU, and it was taught by this uh, this Korean guy who's super well renowned uh, uh, sort of a religion you know expert. You know, and uh, when we're going through Zoroastrianism and like uh, you know Shinto and things like that, and you're going, it, it, I remember having to to stop myself going because the initial thought is, oh man, that's interesting or weird, right? And then you go, you know what, dude? You have some pretty strange things going on in your religion, too. And so does Catholicism. And so does, you know, uh, you know, any Protestants, you know, whatever it might be. There is, there is a, a level of, there are tenets there that we just don't understand. And you'll never be able to, I mean, unless you're actually plugged into the culture. Uh, in an unbiased way, it's very difficult to be able to do. Well, it's the same exact thing in our particular, and I don't want to necessarily compare our religion, I mean, our fandom to religion but there's a lot of things that are within our fandom that people like especially in the media it's like oh, they oh gravi- it's some gra- sort of a kink it's some sort of a fetish That's there right. we go they gravitate toward the one thing I yep. mean, that was the first question i asked you guys when i came in last time was <laughs> so i know that there's a you were like what are the questions you have i said i know and this might be right or wrong but the thing that's portrayed is the sexual side of it. You know what? It wasn't that we weren't uncomfortable with it because we don't. We no, I know you guys weren't. Unco- yeah, I know you guys but, weren't uncomfortable. But it was with just it. you know, we, we thought you were not going to ask because <laughs> you were Mormon. We we're like, he's not going to ask about sex. Why would he ask about sex? Well, no, <laughs> that, that's really what it was. No, but that, I mean, that's the, that's the number one thing I think that again, it's a portrayal thing. So people are listening to it and they go, "Of course, that's not what the fandom's all about." And then, like mostly, I mean, you have the smaller percentages, For right? Sure. And so it's, so it's the same kind of thing where you go, if someone goes, "So this is something you're into." like sexually right and then and then it's like oh shoot where do i even start with this person you know it's like i I gotta go right back to the we believe in fill in the blank you know so that so that you can start there but you know it's it's misconceptions you can't you can't uh there was a cbs show recently that just started up and i can't remember what it's called and i read uh they portrayed this mormon guy and you know they, they really attached to the to the garments you know the the sacred garments and stuff and so they 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 attached to that, and then they attached to kind of the him doing him serving a mission, and then they did this whole like him he had an affair on his mission and stuff like that. And you're like, 
uh, that doesn't happen very often, <laughs> you know, like, a, and, and I remember thinking, I, and they brought up the wives thing and the, you know, that was the first thing the guy made a joke about. And uh, anyway, it, it, we are in 2015 and people still make the exact misconceptions about the Mormon church that basically there were in 1900. So let's talk about the news. 30 so, second, we need 30 second opinions just for time's sake. So, um, what's your thoughts on gay rights and lifestyles and um what about so a hot topic right now is the boy scouts of america Uh uh-huh the church the mormon church has not been too thrilled with their decision uh yeah so the boy scouts thing i i i wish that um you know it's a it's a weird thing, you know. I grew up in a very like like I said, Seattle's a very liberal, open area, and so I, I think that m- my mind sort of expanded a little bit more when I was sixteen, seventeen years old to the thought of ex- accepting people for kind of what they do and where they are in their lives, you know. And um, and I think that's the way it should be. I I do not. I heard a guy this week, and and I think part of it was is he's uh, he's a Guatemalan guy that I know, and. I speak Spanish, and so I, li- I, I love being able to speak Spanish with this guy. And he brought it up, and he asked me about it. And I said, look, I would have no problem with a, a homosexual leader um, in a scout group um, because I think that the odds of my kid – I mean, if they're a really good scouting instructor, then – I mean, if they were crappy at scouts, I wouldn't want them to be there if they were gear straight, you know? like <laughs> Right. Because I had crappy scout leaders growing up a couple of times. I had really great ones. And all of them happen to be straight, uh, so you can get ha- you can get you can. But but my feeling is, you know, I I don't know, I don't think the ch- I think people mistake the church wanting to do the. Well, let me go back to the Guatemalan guy real quickly. Love the guy, but his first thing was I don't trust those people, you know. And my initial thought was I hate hearing that about my religion. I, I wouldn't want people to say that about my sexual orientation. Like, what does that mean? I don't trust those people. I just don't, you know, I don't, like I don't know him. He goes, I, I've got friends. And then he did the whole thing. I've got some gay friends, you know? And you go, well, okay. Just like the super racist guy was like, well, I got a couple of black friends. And you're like, come <laughs> on, man. Like, that doesn't excuse you from being extremely racist or homophobic in this case. Because, But his is totally based on a Hispanic thing. I mean, culturally, I've been uh, all up and down Central America, and I've been to South America a lot. And uh, there's a machismo thing there that, that is culturally that you, that is just really indoctrinated from the beginning. Uh, that's different. That's even worse than, than what we see. The racism and machismo and misogyny in, in the, within the Hispanic culture is a lot more than what we have here. But I think that within the LDS church, the, uh, we need to get a little bit better at the love part. Um, and I think we need to be better at portraying the love part because I think that people think that the church doesn't uh, love people as much as they do, and I think they really want the best for everybody. But I also think that they have to balance that with what they feel like are God's correct laws, which are that a man and a woman should be uh, you know, the only family to, to start a family unit. That's what, that's what the church's declaration has been. All right, next 30-second. Thoughts on the recent mass resignation protests? Yeah, I watched a little bit of that, and um, I had a friend who participated in the fact that she put her resignation letter in. This girl I went to school with down at BYU. And uh, look, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with people trying to find happiness in whatever way they can. I think that it's a little bombastic to show up to the church's headquarters and, and, uh, 
and turn it in like that because in the way I think to myself, you know, um, it's just as bit of street preaching. No, I, 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 everybody has their own, of course they can do it. Of course they, if they feel like that's the way they should do it and then fine. I've had a little bit of a problem with Kate Kelly's approach to it. She's the ordained women founder. Uh, just because I think that, you know, her idea was, uh, you've seen a few people drop off of the board of, of ordained women because they've been, they've, I think they've been tricked a little bit because it turned into kind of more Kate Kelly's fandom than it did into people saying, I want to find uh, a good place within my religion. Well, I think it's that time. So let's take that last break. Do we have enough time to keep you for the game or do you need to run? Sure. Uh, well, it should be really, really quick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. let's do it. Let's okay, do cool. It. So we'll go to the break, do a little commercial and some stuff, and we'll come back. You're listening to For What It's Worth, brought to you by For What It's Worth brand tooth cream. Having trouble meeting people and making friends? You might be suffering from bad breath. No one enjoys chatting with someone who casts off the scent of last night's dinner with a hint of stale decay. And nothing sours a kiss faster. Our patented formula freshens your breath and brightens your smile better than the next leading brand. And no other brand comes with flavored chewables designed to massage your gums. The pups think they're getting a treat, but you know the real treat is a beautiful smile. Forgot the name already? It's just on the tip of your tongue. For what it's worth, brand tooth cream. Better than the next leading brand. It's the tooth. Now, have you got your for what it's worth decoder rings found in the for what it's worth brand cereal? Good. We need your help deciphering this top secret message we've just received. The message follows. 12, 9, 19, 20, 5, 14, 20, 15, 6, 23, 9, 23. Remember, we need your help. Write in with the decoded message and you could win a prize. And now we're back and it's the part that you have been waiting for. <laughs> the whole time. It is the game. The game. So. so we're going to be asking you 10 questions. Like we did last time. Yep. But it's not about you this time. Okay. So I did gonna, pretty well last time. We're actually going to grade how good a Mormon you are. Okay. So question one, what is the exact founding date of the LDS church? Uh, April 6, 1830. <laughs> Ooh, that was very close. Well, now, hold on a minute. The exact founding date? No, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, yeah, that should be it. 1839. You guys are actually wrong. <laughs> That's off the Mormon.org website. Now, hold on. 1839, the exact founding date. I'm looking yeah, it up. Yeah, if I'm wrong, I will, I will eat crow. Okay. 1830... <laughs> April 6th, Mormonism. So I'm going to say, I'm going to... I like that you had the April 6th down. You were like done. So here we go. This is right off of... All right, LDS, you're right. Uh, you're right. Is, is he right? He is right. I don't know why it was wrong up there. Okay, the paint, Okay. so it is April 6th, 1830, the day the church was organized. All right, tugs, fair tugs, enough. I'm you, wrong? You need to buzz yourself. Actually, I will, <laughs> I will do you one better. How's this? Hold yeah. on a second. Let's hear it. I got to find where I stuck this. Of course, it's not going to give it to me right. What are you talking about? What are you oh, I have a thing where the where our announcer says Tugs was wrong, and oh. I can't find it. Okay, so question two: What city was the LDS Church founded in? 
Uh, Man, who wrote these questions? These are easy. Kirtland, <laughs> Kirtland, Ohio, right? I'm afraid no. no. Mm. Fayette, New York. Oh, okay. Was that the first? Uh, that's what the first meeting was. Then? Okay. So the most important question we have for you is: Where does the meme about Mormons and magnets come from? I don't know what that is. I'm a meme guy too. I don't know where the. Have you not seen the things where like people will go on like the Mormon chat thing and be like, "What's the deal with magnets?" I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's a thing. All right, just so he doesn't know. Darn. Sorry. Guess I'm not that plugged in. Should go so to Reddit it's more often. The insane clown. The insane clown posse. Posse song miracles. Yeah, they have a they have a thing about that. Oh really? And I was like, what? So. Did Joseph Smith like polygamy? Uh, did he Question like four. it? Did he practice it? He practiced it. I don't know if that means he liked it or not, but he practiced it. Would you say yes or no? I'll say yes then. No. He, he hated, hated it. it. I'll, say, I'll say Emma Smith hated it for sure. Uh, here we go. I found it. <laughs> it's time for a tug's mistake. There you go. <laughs> All right. Question five. He hated it. Okay. Well, anyway, keep well, going. There's a quote. He was like, I would rather do something, something, but God has commanded me. Sure, sure. I think okay. I've seen that. All right. Question five. How many types of perfume can you detect inside a full relief society meeting on a Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my, uh, the place where I go, we have like, we, we skew pretty old. So you, I'm assuming you've walked by it when the door opens. It's well, like, oh. yeah, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of elder, there's a lot of elderly smells going on in there. <laughs> No, it's like that perfume that, like, you go, you know what? I don't know how long you've had that bottle, but it might have turned. <laughs> <laughs> so you're taking I'm going to say 11. Oh, what? We don't know. Oh. Science has no number big enough. So yeah, it's, infin- it's, infin- it's infinite, sure. <laughs> so question number six. What, what year... Did American Mormons become the minority in the church? So that we're more non-American than American. Oh, you know, I'm going to say this happened maybe in the early 2000s. I'm going to go with like an O. I'm going to go with like an O four. It's 1996. Oh, you're so close. Yeah, so close. All right. How what are what are the combined assets of the Mormon Church estimated to be worth? Oh, wow. Um, I, I'm trying to think that the last time that this even happened was like in that Time Magazine article, maybe in the late 90s. Yeah, the, the figure I got was from like the mid-aughts. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot. I mean, you have a lot of generous people giving up stuff. and I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with... Fifth, no, $120 billion. Wow. <laughs> it was... Thirty billion. Oh, okay. Now that doesn't count all the things like holding companies and this and that. Oh, it doesn't. That's just just the, the core. I thought that's as- associated with the five hundred one c three. I will say. Oh, okay. So I will say too that they have for they have a for profit arm. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah. So. Yep. Thirty billion. And I'm 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 actually employed by that, so that's why. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we make about five billion a year, so it's not a big deal. I'm just kidding. <laughs> But the, it's interesting because the church does buy stuff. I mean, yeah. to try to make money off of, and and it's they they try to align it with stuff that would be you know. They, but they're into radio. They own Bonneville, and Bonneville is a is one of the most respected radio companies in the country. I mean, uh, I don't know if you know this, but last week they just traded uh, their LA station. 
LA I Music Station that. for a uh, cluster of four stations in Denver. They want to ha- kind of have more of a regional thing. So that was great. Four stations in Denver, I think, for one in LA. It's so great. is Cairo going away? No, Seattle, I think they're going to keep. Uh, Seattle is, uh, I hope they do. I hope they keep Seattle for as long as they can. So. Question eight. What two government agencies have recruitment programs targeted towards Mormons? Um, the, the FBI and the CIA. That's correct. Yeah, if you, if you, I mean, look, think about the multiple language skills again, right there, and then the fact that you usually don't have to worry about a guy uh, going rogue because they love Mormons are rule keepers, man. We love to keep the rules. We love trying to be honest too, most of the time. Question nine: How many missionaries have completed missions since 1830? Oh, since 1830. Oof. Um, Number is probably not as big as you think. Yeah, probably not, but. At any given time, it's usually, I mean, I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say 2,900,000. 1.1 million. Jeez. Mm. All right, so where is he at in points? You're at two. That's not very good. I think I did better with the University of Utah question. Yeah, I think you did. <laughs> so number 10, about how many missionaries per volunteer are? Um, I'm, wow. About how many missionaries are volunteer physicians around the world? Oh, that's a good question. Hmm. Volunteer physicians. Uh, we'll give you a margin of error of three in either direction. Cause it's three? About, you got it. That's a six-point spread, my friend. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say 712. There's about 80. 80 <laughs> full-time doctors that will advise wow. mission presidents and stuff. Uh yeah we I mean we had a couple guys down yeah. in South America yeah yeah I thought that was pretty cool so two points not bad I tried to I tried to guess I I tried to double whatever the amount of missions that there are typically or not double the amount of missions but <laughs> all right time for a button Ooh, the rich guy music housekeeping no housekeeping. <laughs> the look of utter confusion on your face was totally worth that. No. <laughs> no, Mr. Peter, no. <laughs> All right, so if you like today's show, comment on the site. It makes people look like they go to our site, and we like that. And you've all been really good at that lately, so please don't stop. We love you guys on Twitter and Facebook. Yes, at For What It's Worth, or search for For What It's Worth on Facebook. We should really get a link for that, you know? Like Facebook.ForWhatIt'sWorth.com or something. We should work on that. I think that we do i just have to give it to you <laughs> anyway so yeah uh email us cast it for what it's worth.com or pick your person except Firebreath at for what it's worth.com and we will respond to you those of you yes. who are coming to furry unlocked and have emailed us we're super excited to meet you recipes uh also the mailbag was scheduled for this episode due to time we are pushing it to the recap episode so uh, Kira, Chibi, Dagan, and Miski, you will be in the next episode. We didn't forget you. Awesome. And yeah. iTunes. Comment on iTunes. It helps us out. So, oh yeah. Are we number one yet? Not yet. Are we number two now? Nope. <sighs> so we need more comments. We need more reviews. All right. Well, then let's wrap this thing up. Next episode is the season recap. If you haven't sent your favorite episode moments at the season end. Send it today. Do it. Do it. You're late, but do it anyway. We need it because that's how we make a great episode. All right, and I think that's it. So, even though he took his headphone off and he's about to roll, we're going to say thank you for showing up anyway. Absolutely. Yeah, hope you had fun. Absolutely. Cool. All right, well, this has been Rue. This is Tugs. 
He's not going to do it. I'm Alex. <laughs> <laughs> and this and has been, been For What It's, it's worth. worth. Damn it. <laughs>